You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Glorious Father, we have too often settled for the premise of peace instead of the practice of it. Through Jesus, you gave us not only complete restoration, but also the gift of reconciliation, which we will now share with the world. We may be instruments of your peace wherever we go, representing the Prince of Peace, who came that the world might be whole. Because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. May the Lord bless us as we... Go a little deeper this morning into this Christmas story that we've been in for, uh, well, the whole Advent season, four weeks now or so. So, you know, I was thinking about this um, this morning, and uh, as we're so glad that you guys have joined us. And again, there's not like a big group in the house whatsoever, but but we're here, and the Holy Spirit is here. We know that some of you guys are watching and joining us online or listening to this podcast, and so we just want to say thank you for joining us in our worship of the Advent this morning. But as I was really kind of thinking this week about you know, the baby Jesus, you know, the six pound, three ounce baby Jesus that, that some people like to think about all year long. But this time of year, I just kind of was thinking of, he was wrapped like a baby gets wrapped. You know, babies love the little, all the blankets and stuff that come. And so I was thinking about the comfort that a blanket brings, which remind me of the Charlie Brown Christmas again. It's like every week we kind of think about, oh, the Charlie Brown Christmas has this, this part in it. And there's this kid named Linus who has a blanket, right? If you know Charlie Brown at all, the, the Peanuts cartoon, Linus has a blanket. That's a part in the in the Charlie Brown uh, thing, in the Christmas show that everybody watches that I just love. And it's this part. He takes his blanket and he wraps it around. I guess it doesn't play more than once, but he takes his blanket, he wraps it around the bottom of this tree, right? So his, his one thing that gives him security and comfort and hope and peace is the one thing he takes and gives, gives it away to this little raggedy Christmas tree, this this tree that was picked because it was so humble, and yet they put one Christmas ornament on it, right, and it fell over. But once he wraps it up, you remember what happens next, right? He wraps it up, it stands up straight, all the other kids take all of the decorations off of Snoopy's doghouse, cover this little bitty tree. At first, only one ornament knocks it over, but now it, it can hold everything because it's got this, it's got new comfort, it's got hope. And there's a piece about this. So kind of thinking of that and this theme of the touch of hope that we have today, thinking about what are some things that bring comfort to their touch? Um, you guys who are in the house, can you think of anything right off the top of your head? Like, like you just, if you just touch this, it kind of brings a comfort to it or maybe a kind of hope or peace when you, when you touch it, when you feel it. Your pillow. That's a good, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you got a good pillow, it'll work every time. Anything else? Can you think of anything back there, Chris? No? <laughs> okay, don't worry about it. We're past the gift. So we're talking about things that bring us comfort to the sense of touch that we have. Um, I was thinking about, you know, this time of year people like to wear sweaters. I don't like sweaters. But, you know, a nice 
nice sweater and it just feels like it's got a comfort to it. The fuzzy socks and all, you know, I don't want to say girls because guys like them too, but, but you know, you'll see the fuzzy socks like, oh, okay, so it's gives you a little bit more. Or if you like my coffee like I do or maybe even hot chocolate, when you hold that mug in your hand, you don't just hold it by the handle. You put your hand under it because you get that warmth. You get that comfort that comes from it. Or like maybe even your cat. <laughs> you know, I know oh, some, yeah. like if you just have a cat and they, or a your dog will do it too. But most people think of cat. They'll come and like sit on your lap and you just like, you just stroke it, pet it. And that comfort of that touch of the feel that comes with that. So today we're kind of digging, explore deeper into the touch of hope that comes at Christmas time that comes with the Christ. And tied to this is peace, which we just had that Advent reading, which kind of goes with the lighting of the candle of peace. And we don't light candles at Awaken Church, not because we're against candles or anything. We just we don't start fires inside the movie theater. It's a it's a, break, a breach of our lease here, and we meet at the movie theater. So so we don't light candles in here. But the, the but the, the the theme is peace. So we can definitely think of how peace and hope are connected, and we're reminded of that in the birth of Messiah Jesus. We have both hope and peace and that's what he came to bring and that's what he does bring even now into our lives so we're gonna look a little little more one more time to this this year at this very familiar passage from luke chapter 2 and as we do we'll see this big idea jesus touches our lives with hope that touches the lives of others jesus touches our lives with hope that touches the lives of others so Let's think about Jesus and that night he was born and just kind of start with this thought as we build on that big idea. Jesus was covered with the touch of life. He was covered with the touch of life. And I'm thinking again about that blanket. You know, I think of little baby Liam who's out here um, in the, out in the kids' adventure class outside there and uh, Zach and Bree who read the Advent reading a few minutes ago. Man, and by the way, shout out to Bree because you talk about getting out of your comfort zone. And we're at Awaken, we're always kind of like, we have to all kind of step out of our comfort zone from time to time. You know, it's like, well, I'll step out of my comfort zone to, to do this or that. And, and sometimes it's like, for some of us, it's easier. Because some of us, like, you have, we have a comfort zone, but we just have been out of it so long, we're just good. But she just does not like to be in front of people. And so for her to come up in front of you guys and you guys to read that reading was, was a big deal. But little baby Liam's out there all wrapped up in his blanket. You know, I think about, man, the blankets that he has, the comfort and the warmth and the peace and the hope that that gives. I think about my own kids and all of them, they had their own, their blankets. And Niall especially, before we knew he had autism, we knew we could tell that he was a little bit different because he had something about it. He had to have that blanket and it had to be tight. I mean, he loved to be wrapped up really tight in that blanket. Just There was just something. Now we realize, well, that was kind of a part of his sensory issues with having autism. But life begins, right, with a baby. And what do we want to do right away? We want to get that baby comfortable, right? Because the baby's going to cry or scream or whatever. So we want to get that baby comfortable. So we want to wrap that baby in a blanket to soothe him into the, the really the shocking development of coming into new life. Think about that for a minute. Coming into a new life, being born or being you know, we could say being born again, stepping into a new life can be shocking. It can be a shocking development. And so there needs to be this touch of hope, this comfort that comes. And so that's what we do with a newborn. So the place that Jesus was born was basically a stable. Good morning. And so it's basically a stable. And so Mary and Joseph would they, they would, they would be a perfect example of what we'd say. You know, they're common people. They're, you know, he's just a good old boy. 
and they're coming down. We actually, if we look at their story, their circumstances, we might even say they're po folks. I mean, really, when we look at who, who Mary and Joseph were. And they couldn't afford a hotel or a room, or like we talked last week, they couldn't they didn't have a room for them in the in the level of the stable, uh, the, the, the camp out, the camping place. So they, they took their, their baby, they wrapped him in you know infants and a, a strip of cloth. So here's Jesus. They wrap him in strips of cloth. And you may have heard this uh, referred to as Mary wrapped him in swaddling clothes, right? Remember that? We've always heard that phrase. She took her baby, her firstborn, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And swaddling clothes, I always thought, well, what is that? Maybe it's baby clothes or maybe something. And swaddling clothes is not really a type of clothing as much as it is a, a, a way or a, a practice of wrapping the child tightly to keep the arms and legs in, uh, held in tight. And so when it says swaddling clothes, it's talking about the way he was wrapped. He was wrapped in strips of cloth, it says here, which is actually, this is, uh, Luke was written in Greek, and this Greek word is sparagano, uh, which kind of makes me want some, for some reason, some spaghetti or some kind of, <laughs> sounds like oregano and spaghetto and uh, I don't know, some, some hot, some sauce on there, some, some, some pasta, I don't know. But spar- sparagano, uh, which is it's a, I probably don't say it right anyway, but it means to, to wrap with strips of cloth. Swaddling clothes literally meant to wrap with strips of cloth. This wasn't a fancy bring your home, your, your baby home from the hospital outfit. All of my kids, they got a fancy bring your, your baby home from the hospital outfit. And all three of them, it was LSU Tigers gear that my, my, grandparent, my dad, their grandparents, purchased for them. Uh, bring it home. Bring the baby home. Dressed in LSU Tigers, trying to trying to set the stage, I guess, for, for that. But they didn't have that. All they had was strips of cloth that they just took something they had, some kind of garment, some kind of something, and just ripped the strips to make what they did with Jesus. So a lot of times we think of Christmas, we think of presents and glamour and all the stuff. And Mary and Joseph didn't have a bunch of presents to give their newborn baby. All they had was strips of cloth. Christmas isn't really about presents, but it's about a gift. And Jesus is the gift. He is the gift. And we acknowledge that in this time of year when we get a lot of times we're thinking about gifts and presents and family and feasts and all this. That for some of us, we even mentioned it earlier when we had our prayer time, it's not easy for some during this time of year. It actually seems like it gets a little harder. Like the grief is a little heavier. The loneliness kind of sets in. We recognize there's difficulties and struggles and pain in life. And sometimes the Christmas season especially can kind of heighten that. We want, to, we want to be aware of that and just acknowledge that because we need hope. And sometimes it's during this Christmas season that we feel it so sharp that we just feel like there is no hope. And so Jesus came to bring the touch of hope. Here's, a, here's parents. They're not even really fully married yet. They haven't even consummated a marriage yet, yet they have a baby. And they're in a, in a stable because there's no room for them in the regular place to, to sleep. And now they have some strips of cloth to wrap them in. I can imagine they felt pretty like, man, this is rough. But there was a joy and there was a hope that was there in the midst of this. For some of us, we can, we can see the need of God for us because we can't face life alone. And we can't face death alone. And so we, we, we need this hope that, of God with us, that we're not alone. So in the midst of... What all we face in the world, where does hope come in? I mean, how does it fit in this in, in here? Is it the end of the the end result? Like after we've walked through, uh, you know, we've walked through the hard times, and then we can have hope, or is it just after we've finally forgiven that one person, 
then we can have hope? Or is it after this life ends? I mean, is that is that hope? Is hope just something we look forward to? Like, well, one day we'll, one day we'll pass away and we'll go to heaven and then we'll have hope. Is that what hope is for? I think God wants us to have hope today. That's his desire. He wants you and I to have hope today. So how is that possible? How do we, how do we have hope with, with this world that we have? How do we reconcile God's desire to fill us with hope with this difficult world we live in? Well, one thing we need to do is kind of pause for a second and say, we're not really talking about happiness. We're talking about joy. This kind of hope is a hope that brings joy with it. There's a difference between happiness and joy. And I know some people go back and forth and, and uh, say, no, they're really the same thing. You're just, you're just kind of splitting hairs and stuff. But really, when, I, when you think about it, happiness is a feeling. And happiness is a feeling, uh, it's an emotional response to some external circumstances. When your circumstances are good, you feel happy. When you serve up some ice cream to me, I will feel happy our pie, our cake, I mean, just about anything, actually. You can serve it up to me, and I'll be happy. You know, it's, it's, it makes you happy. You know, for me, it's like, well, circumstances are just, just, you know, being very transparent. When this room is full of people, oh, it's easy to be happy. You know, get happy. Because happiness is based on your circumstances. Joy is not just a feeling, but an attitude. Joy is an attitude. Joy is a gift that God gives us, a gift from God that runs deeper than any pain or pleasure we have. So that I'm telling you this morning, when I say, man, I'm filled with joy this morning, it's, you know, I would be happier if there was, you know, 25, 30, 50, just see, this place seats 200, 200 people in here, I would be happier, but I've got joy regardless. And that comes from the hope that comes with Christ, because Jesus has touched my life with his hope. So we aren't happy about a lot of things in this life. Most of us aren't happy when we face challenges and stress. I'm not either. When I face a challenge, I'm not, oh, yay, I get another challenging financial decision to make. But I still have joy as we walk through that. Because we can face every situation with joy because it's not a feeling that comes from within, but an attitude that comes from God. We have an attitude that comes from God. That's what joy is. And that's how we can say, how we can have hope in the midst of this kind of sometimes in this season when we don't feel hope because we have a great God and our great God fully understands life as we know it. He was born into it just like you and I are. He was born into it and, and he knows both life and he knows death, that part, that mystery part that we still don't know really fully yet because none of us have died, that I, not that I know of, I don't think so. He knows that fully because he's done that. So Jesus was covered with the touch of life Yes, but Jesus was also covered with the touch of death. He was covered with the touch of death. And death is one of these subjects that's like, man, you can't really talk about that because you're going to trigger somebody. And then like, you know, and the church needs to talk about it because it's not a scary thing. It's a part of life. It's a part we can embrace. It's a part that, you know what, we can still go with joy and hope knowing it's going to happen one day. It won't make us happy that it's going to happen one day, but we can still go forward with joy and hope. So there's a few quotes that I found about uh, death I thought were kind of nice to, to think about. One is from Mark Twain. He said, the fear of death follows from the fear of life. A man who lives fully is prepared to die at any time. I kind of like that one. I like that a lot. A man who lives fully is prepared to die at any time. Woody Allen, who is probably not a great philosopher, but he has made some good quotes, said, I'm not afraid of death. 
I just don't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> I like that one. Um, Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King says, no one really knows why they're alive until they know what they die for. That's a good, good thought. And then Joe Lewis, I don't know if you guys know Joe Lewis, he was a boxer back in the day. He said, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. So it's interesting that we celebrate the birth of Jesus at Christmas time each year because he died on a cross about some 33 years later after the birth of Jesus. The whole reason we celebrate Christmas is because he died. Because people, prophets, religious people throughout history have been born and we don't celebrate a birth for them. Jesus is different. We celebrate his birth because he died. Jesus came with a mission, and his mission was to die for us. That was, that was a big part of his mission. Actually, if you fast forward from in Luke 2, about 21 chapters, Luke 23, we kind of get a, a glimpse of this. Um, this is after the crucifixion of Jesus. I mean, he is being buried. And in Luke 23, verse 50, it says that, Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph. This is not his father. This is one of the Pharisees. Uh, he, was, or he was one of the members of the Jewish high council. But he did not agree with the decision and actions of the other religious leaders. He was from a town in Arimathea in Judea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then he took the body down from the cross, wrapped it in a long sheet of linen cloth, and laid it in a new tomb that had been carved out of rock. This was done late on Friday afternoon, the day of preparation, as the Sabbath was about to begin. So Jesus was arrested. This is, that's the end of his life. He's put on a trial. That's a complete setup. It's actually, if you look historically at how the trial took place and the laws of the time, it was actually an illegal trial. He was executed on the cross by the Roman Empire at the, the insistence of the Jewish leaders. Jesus hung there until he expired. I mean, he breathes his last breath. He suffocated. And his disciples and his friends, they, they either deserted him or stood at a distance watching. And now this Joseph of, of Arimathea, he took the body of Jesus. Now check this out. He takes the body of Jesus and he wraps it. He wraps him in this linen sheet. And then Jesus is placed in basically a cave tomb. And we think of how Jesus came into the world, basically in kind of a, a cave stable, wrapped in strips of cloth that, that, that were the sign of a poor family. But this is the other end of the story. And, the, and this, again, originally written in Greek, and the Greek word that talks about the sheet he was wrapped in, it's called sindon. In Greek, it's, in, in Greek, it's sindon. Now, in English, that sounds like sin done, and I love that. You know I'm all about that. But sindon is, the, is this fine linen. It's been bleached. It's fine linen. It's, exp, it's considered expensive. It's, it's considered fancy. So he came in strips of cloth, and he goes out wrapped in sindon. Fine linen. What amazing bookends, I think. Jesus comes in and Jesus' death. His life on earth wrapped tightly in strips of cloth. And he goes into the grave being wrapped tightly in this extravagant fine linen. So Jesus was born to die. And he died to save us from our sin. And he didn't stay in the grave. That's like that's even like, well, this, this is even better. Christmas is even better when you realize Jesus didn't just die. But resurrection, I mean, come on, y'all. He overcame death because he came, he, he was... Given, he was covered with the touch of life. He was covered from the touch of death. But he's covered with the touch of resurrection. And that's the touch he brings to us. Resurrection. 
Romans 5.10 says, For since we were restored to friendship with God by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we were certainly, we will certainly be delivered from eternal punishment by his life. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends of God. I mean, he died for us, but then he rose again for us. The grave couldn't hold him, and death couldn't retain him. Death can't restrain him. You can't stop him. Jesus conquered death so that we could have hope of new life. And this is where, again, this touch of hope comes in, this touch that brings hope and comfort and peace, because we need that. Because new life, as we talked about earlier, is a shocking development. When the baby is born, you want to wrap it up and get it warm and comfortable and give it peace and hope. Jesus was covered with the touch of death so that he could rise again to new life. So could our struggle be that we want the new life without dying to the old one? I mean, could that be our struggle? That we want the new life without dying to the old one? So Jesus, he comes covered with the touch of life and covered with the touch of death, and he touches us. And hope is being covered with Jesus. Hope is being covered with Jesus and his touch. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That's how, that's how it works. Through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. That's us, y'all. If you're, if you're following Jesus, it's you. I mean, that's what it says here. You put your faith in Christ Jesus, it's you. You are covered with Christ. Jesus was clothed with life and death, and, his, and our hope is in being clothed in Jesus. So this passage from Galatians says that, that all who have been united with Christ have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. It's also phrased in a different translation, you have been clothed with Christ. So that word clothed with or put on is, again, originating Greek. Is a, it's a one word, the phrase is one word, in duo. And in duo means to, to sink down into a garment so that you are completely covered. Check that out. It's like you sink like you're completely, who mentioned what makes you, what's, comfort to the touch and you set your pillow but I mean I imagine you know when you just sink down into that bed sink your head into the pillow pull the blankets up and you kind of sink in there's a there's a peace there right there's a hope there's a comfort absolutely but this is different because this isn't just laying in the bed this is the clothes you put on you can move around you can go somewhere you can you can you can affect uh, uh, people's lives around you by walking forward with these new clothes on that you are now covered completely in when you become completely covered in Jesus, you experience the touch of hope. It's like that's joy to the world, the Lord has come. I mean, that's what you live. That's not just a, a Christmas song. That's a life song. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. There has been born into you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So hope comes from the life of God within us. That's where the hope comes from, y'all. The life of God within us. A lot of times we want to just add God to what we do. And we struggle to get hope. I mean, you can still have hope and peace and joy when you do that. But when the life of God is in you, that hope is always there. Because He is hope. His presence is hope. 
and it's flowing through us. It transforms us. It's new life. It's eternal life. It's God with us, within us life. This is the source of hope. It's a source of peace, joy, and hope. All the themes we, we kind of think about at, at the Advent season that lead up to Christmas, peace, hope, joy, and love, all of them are wrapped up in the presence of God, God within us. So remember that hope is a gift from God, and it remains even through difficult times. So this is the, God, the gift that God wants to give to you. He wants to give you this gift. It, it's, it's God, I mean, just realize this. God wants me to have hope. God wants me to have hope. I hope you believe this. I hope you know this. I hope because it's true. It's very true. God wants you to have hope because he hasn't gone anywhere. Hope isn't reserved for that group or, or, or that person or, or, or those people that look like that or they go to that church or they're part of that religion or whatever. Hope comes from God and it's for everybody who will put our faith in Christ Jesus. And God's gift is this touch of hope and it's for you. But the hope that Jesus gives us is not for us just to have and to hold. Not just to like hold on to that hope. That hope is for us to share and to spread. I mean, that's why he gives us the hope. So he actually wants us to have it so we can be whole and complete. But he also wants us to share and spread the hope that he gives us. Because we experience a touch of hope so that we can share that hope with others. And nothing, I promise you, will fill you with more hope than when you give some away. When you see something, uh, some little, maybe even a little thing that you do that inspires a smile in somebody else, it's going to make you smile. It's going to fill you with hope. It's going to inspire hope within you. It's going to grow. So how do you know, who do you know that needs hope this Christmas? You may know somebody, and they just need a little, they just need some encouragement. They just need hope. Well, how might you be the hands and feet of Jesus to them this week? This is Christmas week. How might you show them, share hope with them, and spread hope to them? Next steps, here's a couple things you might do. I would say, first of all, this week would be good for all of us. Take this next step. Just meditate on the birth of Jesus. Like it's Christmas, and it comes and, it comes and it now it goes so fast. I was thinking just this morning, I was telling Shelly, because we have a little countdown, three days till Christmas, and I was like, man, it has gotten here fast this year. But I don't want to miss just spending time just just thinking deeply on what that means. Jesus is born. For unto you is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And that hope he brings. And let that hope of Christ cover you as you take time this week just to meditate on that story of Jesus' birth. The second step I would say, man, for us, touch someone's life with hope this week. Maybe it's a small gesture. And, and, and I, think, I think a lot of times we discount the small things. We like want to make a big, like, Here's a big deal. I spent a lot of, gave a lot of money to this person. And look at this and this. And those are great. If you can do that, awesome. Please do it. Everybody's like, I want to give you a new car. I'll take one. Trust me, I need one. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> it, 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 that's a, yeah, no, we're not saying it. But a small thing, a hug, a smile. You might know somebody who so, feels so alone and, and grieving this Christmas season. But they think nobody even sees them. But if you can make eye contact with them just for a second. Say good morning or good evening or Merry Christmas. It might make a world of difference to that person. So spread hope. Find a small way this week to spread hope to someone. Lord, thank you for being our hope. Thank you for touching our lives with your life. Thank you for just covering us, Lord. We, we, uh, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, our Messiah. We anticipate your coming again, but we are just absolutely 
amazed and full of wonder and awe that you're, you're right here. You're arriving now. You're arriving in the moment into our lives, into our presence, into our, our grief, into our struggle, into our loneliness, into our celebration, into our wonder and all. You're entering into all of it with your fullness. Lord, that is, that, that is where the hope is. So thank you, Lord, for entering into our space, into, into our lives. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the, the peace you bring with you that is so attached to the hope. And the joy that we can have, Lord, even when we're not going through great circumstances that make us happy, we can still have that joy, the gift you give us. So may we receive that this, this week, this year, and find a way to share that and give that gift of hope and joy and peace to those around us. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.